<laughs> look over and click start. Well, they do uh, call me the uh, Furiosa of calling out the Time to Start podcasts, so... You Why know, do they call you that? Put some respect on my fucking name, because <laughs> I'm missing an arm. Oh, got it. Uh, okay. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Good evening, ghouls. Good evening, ghouls. Good evening, ghouls. My name is Alec, and in my mid-twenties, I found out that I was basically media illiterate, so to get caught up, I joined the Undead Poets Society, ruled by the uh, variously limbed Robert. Hey. And Becca. Hi. If you haven't read or watched today's subject, go to your homework so that we don't, like, spoil you or whatever, uh, and then you can see whether or not you disagree with our takes. And at the end of the episode, uh, we will raise our experiences from the dead into poems of varying quality. <laughs> so, uh, today, we're talking about goddamn Mad Max Fury Road, Mad a Max movie that Road. I've wanted to see for a really long time and knew that I wanted to see, but just hadn't seen. I didn't want to see it. Me too. I had no no desire. <laughs> I, had I had no, no interest in this movie. Not for any particular because, reason. I was just like, I'm just not an action movie guy in yeah. general. Well, I'm not an action movie person. And then also the kind of people that like Mad Max Fury Road are the same people who like Watchmen and like, and and not that liking Calling these you movies out, makes <laughs> you an incel, but, um, but there is a little overlap. <laughs> there's a little bit of, you know, the Venn diagram there. Um, is pretty pretty large. So, um, yeah, this was not the kind of movie that I thought it was gonna be. I didn't think I'd like it, and I really really enjoyed it. It's one of so those movies. Awesome. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like film bros who are obsessed with like Christopher Nolan are really obsessed with this movie, and that's not to say like because Christopher Nolan's had some great films as we talked about on this podcast. Interstellar is a great movie. So you can't really judge a movie based on its fan base all the time, but I still find myself falling into that trap more often than not, um, just because <laughs> like I only have so much time in the day, and so you kind of have to be a little bit choosy sometimes. Mm. Um, and so, which is one of the reasons I love this podcast is it gets us to watch things that we normally wouldn't watch mm. necessarily. Um, and yeah, I had a blast. Great fucking movie. The I it was more or less exactly the movie I thought it was going to be just what surprised me was not only the the quality but just how much more meat the story had on its bones than i thought it was going to if that makes sense like we were we were watching it and as we were doing so i kept on noticing just like really i don't know to me like really mature or really efficient storytelling choices that i didn't think that they were going like i i i thought that this was going to be a movie that would be fun to turn your brain off to. And it turned out being a movie that I enjoyed with my brain on, I guess is, is what ended up surprising me. Like as we were going through uh, and, and the, like the main inciting incident is the fact that Immortan Joe has all of his brides run away. You know what I mean? And I was like, Oh, that's actually like an interesting choice in an apocalypse because women are definitely treated a certain way by quote unquote civilized people in times of crisis, you know? And it's interesting that like the story is giving them the agency of like doing something about their own situation, you know, like I, I thought that that was kind of interesting. Then as the story progresses, um, they continue to have their own agency. Like each one of them has like their own thing. None of them are just I mean, like, like of course in any given movie, there are characters that are going to have less and more screen time, you know, but none of them are just treated like props. Like each one of them exists for a purpose. Each one of them has their own side like story or subplot um, that kind of rounds out who they are and what their motivations are. And in a way that I, I insist is really efficient. Like a lot of those brides were not given a ton of runtime, but were still pretty unique people by the end of the movie, you know? Um, and, uh, or, or like towards the end, like when we find out that the climax isn't going to be reaching the green place, quote unquote, uh, that we thought we, they were going to the entire time, but rather turning right back around, undoing all of their progress and going back to the start uh, for the thematic reason of like, creating you know, their own. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like instead of like trying to run away to an imaginary place or to a place that may never have really existed to st like stand your ground, stay where you are 
and fix the problems where you are. You know what I mean? In in a, in a place that is real, like make wherever you're standing the green place. You know, just and I I could I could go on, but yeah, there was. It's it's not a perfect movie. Um, specifically, uh, well, I don't want to undo all the the praise I just made. Um, <laughs> let's but, we, let's get into the recap well, before we well, get into the yeah yeah yeah. Um, do you want to do it? I can do it. Um, so, uh, the, the, the beginning of the movie, uh, takes, I'll, I'll even do my best to do it in the, the two minutes that we do on the drive through. Um, the beginning of the movie makes it clear that the world has fallen into apocalypse, likely due to some sort of nuclear catastrophe and stripping the land for its resources. Um, we, uh, begin in this society uh, of like kind of like desert scavengers under the leadership of a very gross uh, post-apocalyptic warlord named Immortan Joe, um, who has immortal, immortal no, Joe. It's, wrong. it's Immortan. Immortan with an N. Don't you ever come at me again? The sub, the su- don't you fuck? Oh boy, <laughs> I'm oh boy. I'm not. I'm. I'm not trying to get your goat. You're. It's. It's literally Immortan. It is. I m m o r t a n. Immortan Joe. And I and I know that that's wrong. That you that it would typically be immortal, Joe with an L, but they they pronounce it incorrectly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they live under the society of immortal Joe or fuck <laughs> 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 the Becca brain rot, um, immortal Joe who uh, has like this fanatical society of warrior zealots underneath him um, who goes out and raids other people and like gets uh, uh like has farms and access to water and bullets and uh so like he's he's got this society by the neck like he controls everything about their lives and is this kind of like god king of this little uh scavenger encampment he has a trusted advisor named the furiosa uh who he sends out to go and do this big old raid and the protagonist is this scavenger um max who is abducted by these raiders and is kind of like forced to participate in a pretty horrible way. Um, However, after sending out this Furiosa of his, this Lieutenant, we find that she uh, has actually gone rogue uh, and has used the going out on the raiding party as a pretense to escape with uh, his, his little harem of unwilling wives, some of whom are, are pregnant with his children. Um, but who obviously don't want to be used or abused in this way any longer. Most of the movie is spent um, with the brides uh, and Max after he joins them and and Furiosa uh, trying to escape or battle or destroy Immortan Joe and his forces as they try to recover the brides. Um, At the end, they uh, decide to go back uh, and confront Immortan Joe and his horrible post-apocalyptic abusive society um they are they managed to kill immortan joe uh lose some treasured valuable friends along the way uh but are ultimately able to return uh with proof importantly that they killed immortan joe which to the society is like uh is undoing you know because immortan yeah. joe is supposed to be immortal uh and like god and all-powerful and never died uh and so they have a chance at kind of rebuilding their society from the ground up and that that summary leaves out just how fucking ridiculous so much of this movie is because they're when you you... traipsing around in the australian outback in these absolute absurd machines and there's like the way that they speak and like their little religions and cults and yeah it's it's bonkers yeah, it's 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 hard. Like when you give it just like a summary of the plot, it doesn't quite encapsulate the what it is. Just yeah, just like the absolute. Because basically, this movie is just one giant car chase. Yeah, and I'm pretty like like that. That's got to have been the conceit of this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, with that in mind, it's just bonkers. Like the most absurd things. Like rule of cool, but. What what did we say? It was like the rule of cool, but the rule of silly, or like the yeah. rule of absurd. You know what I mean? Like, because I mean, I mean, it's kind of cool, but like in a very specific, like, like, like what's it, what's it called? Diesel punk or something like that. Yeah, or when it's like it's a, it's cool in the way that like if you turn off your brain, WWE is cool. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's I think it, in fact I think 
comparing it to WWE is like one of the, the best comparisons because it's like yeah, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. It's obviously like fake. There's nothing <laughs> like nothing about this could possibly be true. But if you suspend your disbelief, you'll still have a great time. But with a little bit of like a philosophical undertone, like I I don't know how Who I, killed I listen the to world, a bunch dog? of like huh? Who killed the world? Yeah. Yeah. Who killed the world? And and that's one of the things like I I watched uh, a lot of videos and listen to a lot of podcasts about uh, this movie, and like there, a lot of people can find a lot of interesting philosophical things that I don't think George Miller intended at all when he made this movie. I, <laughs> I think that there, the intention was not there to make Genius this fucking like ultra feminist, like dystopian story. I, I don't really think that was necessarily on his mind. I just think he thought let's make a fucking movie that's just a giant car chase, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you can get into, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, the role reversals um, and, like, the gender roles and, like, the enslavement of men and women alike just in different ways. And, like, you can get really deep in all that stuff. And I think it's fun to talk about that. But at the end of the day, it was just a really good action movie that I think kind of stumbled upon gold. Um, I think it was really good. Um, I think... Like, what you were saying, Robert, with, like, the the role reversals and the, like, um, it's such a super feminist movie and, like, that we, Max is not the main character. Like, he's not, mm. we, we see the film through his eyes, but he's not the main character. Furiosa is the main character. Very like, fast. she is, she's the protagonist. She's the one that all of these things are actually happening to. And like, she's the one that goes through that change of heart. Like Mad Max is just there. Like he's literally like, what does he do other Mm. than like fight? And like, he's the vehicle through which the story is told. But, um, yeah, Furiosa is definitely the main character. And, um, cause like what, what all does he say? Like, I don't know. He has <laughs> so little dialogue Very in this little. movie. He, his character matters so little other than like the fact that he like is the one that we're watching really, but we're not watching him. We're watching everyone around him. And I think that's like, that's not something that I've seen in very many movies, especially not like action movies because usually the action movie is named for the titular character Mm. mad max and we follow that person constantly through the whole film and only care about what they feel and their love interest feels and like (laughs) you kind of get the sense that he and furiosa are like a thing but they're not like he leaves in the end and she obviously was like thank you for your help but i don't know it didn't feel like very particularly romantic to me it almost feels like gatsby um, in that way like what like gatsby how like gatsby is the main character of like the great gatsby but isn't the viewpoint character you know yeah but it's yeah it's nick carraway um i yeah that's right on because i that's like the only other film i i can think of that does this but it's not an action movie, you know? Yeah. Like, so I feel like it's even that much more surprising to me. And um, I don't feel like it was meant to be a feminist movie. And if it was, it didn't feel like a Wonder Woman feminist movie, you know? Everyone was like, Wonder Woman, oh my God. Like, feminism rules. And it's just not a feminist movie. Like, <laughs> she's just this... A woman doing what men do as men do it surrounded by men she's just a man that's not a man mm. <laughs> but um i don't know i i really enjoyed it i think there was a lot of really cool fun things that were not corny because they knew what they were doing you know they didn't set out to be cool they set out to be cool in a corny way and it just worked um and the interesting setting of like the world after the apocalypse and while people still live it's just horrific and awful and um the world just is not great but 
people live on for what reason. And uh, I don't know. It's really cool. I didn't think I'd like it, but I super did. Yeah, a little bit of a sleeper. I I thought that the brides were an interesting choice, both as characters and as a plot device. Um, but I didn't really like think about the feminist angle to this movie until the point where the war rig was like stuck in the swamp, uh, and Mad Max had that like super powerful like sniper rifle and was mm. taking shots at the bullet farmer dude who was like approaching them with the spotlight, but wasn't hitting. And then he like he had one bullet left, and like uh, he just handed it over to Furiosa. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. I thought that that scene in particular was interesting because it didn't feel like, I don't know. It it relied on the fact that Furiosa as a character had already done things that warranted her reputation and her status. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to give this over to you because you're a woman now. I'm going to give this over to you because I, like, I obviously am not capable of doing this. You have a reputation and a status that would indicate that you can. And I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, which I think is, I don't know. Is is there? There's more than one way that we can arrive to gender parity. You know, um, mm. some of them are less subtle, um, but this one I thought was a little bit more subtle. It wasn't like, and I don't know. They didn't like. Nobody had to say like girl power or something after it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. That like just cool. That scene in particular, I thought, is where I started like going over the movie and thinking like, wow, like these women have a lot of agency in their story. But speci- but specifically, Becca, like you were talking about, I feel like there are movies that like a, make, a, make a sincere attempt at gender parody. And I don't know, I'm no fucking gender scholar. You know what I mean? Like maybe a woman's studies major will listen to this and, and think I'm cringy or whatever. Feel free to email me. I don't give a fuck. Um, but I feel like some movies or stories make an attempt at gender parody by taking women and just like you said, Becca, just making them a man. Like, like as, as far as the story treats them or as far as the actions or their interests or the way that they speak or interact with other people, they just make them men. But because it's a fictional story, you can, in a literal sense, make them a, a, a woman and then boom, we've arrived at gender parody. Um, and I think that this movie does a bit better than that because specifically because of the brides, you could argue that Furiosa is just a man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like she's... <clears throat> Uh, a warrior of this like scavenger cult and there are no other women warriors. And so she's just like a reskinned man as far as the story goes. Um, but an interesting way that I've heard from uh, one of my character design YouTube channels, TB sky to figure out what ge- like what roles gender plays in a specific character story is to swap the gender and see whether or not the story would need to be rewritten based on that gender swap. Furiosa's wouldn't really like you could you could make Furiosa a man and not really have to change anything about her dialogue or or anything like that but the brides in particular you like you can tell is a very feminine story because they can't be like they're the reason that they're uh that they're used and abused and imprisoned in this way and their motivation for escaping that abuse and that treatment is because of their ability to have children and their outward physical beauty which isn't something that they choose, but rather a value which is assigned to them by their society. And in and in reality, our society, even though it's not post-apocalyptic, it's very similar. You know, like we we we're we're just a little bit more subtle about how we dress I mean, it up. Um, yeah, Roe v. Wade was just an overturned last yeah. year. So in twenty fucking two. No, yeah, absolutely. So like, so the brides as a, as both on like like as side character or as minor characters individually or as kind of like a single character as a group is an is an to me at least an extremely feminist story in that they are women and you like you couldn't just gender swap them and not have to radically change elements of their story you know um but they're still given an incredible amount of autonomy and personal choice and they do what they do because they want to do it you know what i mean um i don't know i think that's pretty cool um, but leaving the feminist tint for a moment, this movie, unfortunately, is ableist as fuck, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> do you, like, do you, do you get where I'm coming from? Because, like, it, in, in basically the entire story, with the exception of Furiosa's arm, um, physical deformity is shorthand for, like, moral failure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Especially, like, with the, the youngest brother, or, like, yeah. the... Actually, I don't know if he's younger or older. I think he might be older. 
um, he's like viewed as like a uh, like slimy, like schmarmy yeah. type character. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's. I mean, like, it's it's not uh, knocking it out of the park in that realm. I don't think it's the worst like possible, but it's again one of those things. that's like you could have done better, which is another reason why I think that like it's not like this manifesto of George Miller's. I think he just thought it was a cool car chase movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay to fall into like some good feminist shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like again, with the exception of Furiosa's arm, and I guess you could argue that the many mothers being like old, pretty ragged looking women is, uh, is, is like a mild counter argument here. But yeah, w- w- with, with their, minor exceptions um like physical deformity is the same thing as being a villain in this movie and physical conformity uh like having all your limbs and not having boils and not being misshapen from birth or something like that um seems to make you like a a good or powerful or active person you know like the universal donor thing yeah and like these beautiful women (laughs) that are able to give birth to the like children you know what i mean like are very much highly and like it it's like i can see where miller was kind of going with the, that idea is like what if the, your like what if the evil was on the inside was visible on the outside but like you said that gets it's dicey. too easy to apply <laughs> that IRL yeah, you know exactly. what i mean yeah and i don't i don't know like i don't know if it was done well enough to warrant that, you know what I mean? Because mm. I could see maybe get it done being done well enough, but it wasn't, and it historically hasn't. I can't think of a good example where it, it has been done well. Maybe there is, and I haven't seen it, but I don't know. There's and especially in the horror genre, this is a bad thing. Espe- like like uh, or not that this is the same thing, but like a similar idea of like the cross dressing killer, um, where it's like. There's something that you could argue is, like, sound, like this person who's changing who they are and, like, two-faced. But at the end of the day, if it's going to be misread by nearly everyone, it it's probably better to just not It's probably better to just, just not do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to just, just, just go with people, somewhere else with it. Yeah, especially if the people who get harmed if you lose that gamble are vulnerable, you know what I mean? Yeah, in the first place, yeah. Yeah. But... It's it, we see the same shit in like Lord of the Rings, you know what I mean? Like true elves true. are like to a man, all like tall, slim, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, educated, soft-spoken, moisturized, well-groomed white people, and then uh, orcs are you know like in every possible way like unhygienic and malformed and uneducated and, and has dirty black skin, unfortunately, and, uh, yeah, and are literally darker skinned, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's not not great, and that's and that's and that's not even getting into how they were described in a word sense in the books, where I think J.R.R. Tolkien described them specifically as mongoloid, um, which is that's not great. <laughs> a, it, which is Oof. a yikes, a pretty big yeah, yikes. But this a is big a, a Lord of the Rings uh, episode. I'm just trying to get to the the idea that like this this shorthand, the storytelling shorthand of physical purity and moral purity being the same uh is well developed and is effective as a storytelling method um but is has very real and unfortunate real world consequences that might like persuade people that um someone who doesn't look like they're quote-unquote supposed to is a bad person as a result and that's some big bullshit and i wonder if it had anything to do with because this came out or or not this came out this came out in like 2015 or 16 or something like that but the Mad Max IP came out in like is it like the early is that, i think it's in 80s hold on i noticed check. that there are several others which i didn't know before i only me knew either i thought about it was this just movie. this yeah. Oh, yeah really and i thought it was just like a weird naming like a weird name nah. but like yeah the original Mad Max came out in 1979 so obviously i've much more uh <laughs> uh unforgiving time for someone who mm. is uh, not a white male, a middle-aged white male, you know? 
So that might have something to do with it where, like, the mythos and, like, the lore behind the world was built in this time. And George Miller just didn't do enough to correct the path. Even the name Mad Max, like, he's supposed to be, like, this crazy, insane character and, like... He's just kind of not. In this movie, he's he's just got PTSD, man. Well, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's kind of fucked up that, like, his, his name is Mad Max. And my boy just, like, <laughs> went through something horrific and uh, watched... I, I guess, like, those flashbacks that we were seeing were actually references to something that happened in some one of the earlier movies. Yeah, because I knew that there were other ones. I thought that it was, like, a, a comic book series or something like that because it's by Warner Brothers and it's... Um, I mean, when this came out, it, I think it came out in like 14 or 15 um, because I remember specifically like seeing certain trailers and, uh, but I remember I was like, what is this? And my dad, my dad like explained it, like, I don't know if he explained it to me or if I just heard him talk about it one time about how like it had other movies or comic books or something. Apparently they're pretty good too from what I heard. Or at least some of them are. Like, one of them, Road Warrior, it was apparently, like, very bad. But uh, some of the other ones were good, actually good. Mel Gibson is uh, the guy, Tom Hardy's role. That makes sense. But, yeah. He's Australian, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. He's some he's some sort of not American, I, I think. Um, yeah. And apart from the, the under-the-hood story, I like, idea abstract shit... Um, this movie was just fucking amazing like on on a technical level and on a visual yeah. level like yeah. they just went the so were... fucking hard like just every single costume design every character design uh like the like using the setting as its own character you know what i mean like the apocalyptic australian outback um each one of the the like cars like the like the like the doomsday machines that were like running around this outback and just how fucking silly it got like using mad max because he's a universal donor is like a blood bag hood ornament on the front of a car having these like like acrobats like with these wacky like pole contraptions like like going and grabbing people out of the different vehicles flamethrowers uh landmines at the ends of poles being used as lances just fucking silly and i yeah. was so goddamn there for it well it, it it shows um how much like care went into the movie like for some like george miller really cared about this project he apparently started working on it all the way like almost two decades ago like in 1997 wow. or 1987 um so yeah like a long time ago and then he didn't even get into development until 1998 and then um production got stunted because of like mel gibson being mel gibson and all his controversies and the war in iraq and 9-11 and all this stuff and so then they had to reshoot or they had to recast uh tom hardy's character and so like it just like it it took a really long time for this to get up and going and then you have all of these like props and all these stunts and stuff that you have to do and so this movie like it took forever which are um, actually dangerous like yeah the, like the proximity yeah. of these like stunt people to like these these cars with all the shit all over them like the explosions like having to do all of this at speed you know what i mean like there's there's probably some camera trickery that makes all of this appear as though it's happening faster than it is um but like like cars like things that heavy going at pretty much any speed are really dangerous to do stunt work on they're dangerous to just drive around normally like on a day-to-day basis and so i i like just like plumes of smoke coming out of like the guitarist's guitar and like just i don't know just all of it i was just so in awe of how hard the movie chose to go and i think it's really important that they did i think that if they had not like dialed this to 11 this would have been stupid in a bad way rather than yeah, stupid would, in it a wouldn't good have worked way. yeah it wouldn't have worked very similar vibes with like a um what do you call it bullet train where it's like yeah you just have to go really hard got a full sand otherwise it's not gonna make sense it's not gonna or it's not gonna work it's like how there's a certain amount of speed that it t- like like you'd, you'd think on like on a on a purely mathematical level if you're learning how to ride a bike that the slower you're going 
the more safe you would be. And that's just not the case. Like you have to reach a certain amount of speed in order for a bike to function the way that it's supposed to. And like both of these, pro- like like Bullet Train and Mad Max, both of them are like, if, if they would have tried to under send any of these aspects, it would have just been like fucking stupid. But they reached a certain critical speed where the silliness justified itself or in Bullet Train, the style sub- like justified itself at least in my opinion uh, i i don't know i could i could see this being subjective but i don't know dude i if, if you can watch this movie and not have fun i don't know dude like maybe you need to like reevaluate or like chill the fuck out or, or something because it was just a fucking ride of a movie something that we said while we were watching it too because they that we have like the first uh initial car chase when they're going after furiosa and it's all like already things are exploding left and right uh and like like people are dying like balls of flame and blood (laughs) everywhere and then they drive into like this nuclear storm like this nuclear desert storm uh which was an incredible visual and during this which was basically the first quarter of the movie we were asking like how the fuck is this not the climax like where wh- yeah where's the where do they go from here do you do you guys feel like they did like maybe i don't know blow their load too early or do you feel like the 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 actual climax of the movie worked fine the way that it did like where do, where did you guys land on that i think that there wasn't really as far as the stunts go, most of the coolest stuff that I think about, or maybe not even stunts, but most of the, the pieces, the, the action stuff that happened in the first part um, for me personally, but there was so much emotional like baggage mm. that went along with the latter half of the movie that you're a little bit more invested in what's happening Um and I wouldn't even say that it's like necessarily a step down. I think it's the action and like the level of like craziness is pretty consistent throughout, except for in those small small moments of intimacy between characters. Um, I don't think like if you take like pound for pound how crazy the fucking action was at any point in the movie, I think it's all about the same and the the emotional climax is the real what you're really feeling towards the end of the movie. I can definitely see someone who doesn't care about plot hating the movie after that, after the the storm. Sandstorm, yeah. Um, I was really invested. For me, it was like, I don't know. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not super into action movies. I've watched action movies a lot in my life because my dad really loves them. And um, I mean, it's something that he'll put on and I have to do something else. Cause I can't just like sit there and watch someone smack a gun out of another person's hands for an hour and a half, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, so it was the perfect amount of captivating for me. Um, just like all this silly, weird stuff. Like I kept my eye out for like cool or strange things like the guitarist at the front of the, mm. the, cars i don't even know what to call them like the (laughs) the battle horde the battle stage (laughs) yeah whatever it's so freaking cool and like the fact that so much of it was practical effects and just thinking about how they did these things i don't know for me it was i feel like it was a good thing because it captivated me it pulled me in in a way that i don't feel like the story would have been able to in the beginning um like even because before that I was just so confused. Like we start off with Max and he gets captured immediately Mm. when I did not think that's how this movie was going to go. And they bring him over. It was kind of just like a, like a little, I don't know. I wasn't super (laughs) captivated in the movie until the car chase. So it's actually kind of ironic because it's usually the thing that, that gets me out of it. But it was, it was so over the top that it pulled me in. And then I was there for the story. Because I was really confused, honestly, as to, like, what was going on until about halfway through the movie. (laughs) Just because I was like, they've got all these weird names for things. Um, And Morton Joe's first wife, the old lady who, like, lets them all free and, like, stays behind to try and kill him. Like, that, I was just so confused. I was like, what is going on? And then 
we get to the the fight scene that first fight scene like after uh Dax, I can't remember. Gux, Gox. Oh, Gux, Nux. Gux wakes up. Nux, <laughs> that ugly ass Gux. bitch, wakes up, and um, they fight with the chain and stuff. Oh man, so good. And then I was Great like, scene. okay, I understand that they are the wives. They're trying to get away to the green place, and that's like that's what I got, and that's all that mattered after that. That was the only part of the story that I really needed. And, uh, yeah, so it's really, it's really interesting, but I can definitely see how someone would fall off after that point where I hopped on, you know? Yeah. I think that's actually something that, uh, Miller did really well in my opinion is he didn't like, I don't know, like he didn't spoon feed you anything. Like at first they're like, oh, he's a universal donor. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? And maybe they say that in like some of the other movies and I just don't have like the context that someone else would. But for me, I was just like, I don't, what is, what are you talking about? A universal donor. But then you see like the thing in his, uh, I like the IV and you're like, oh, okay. So, um, this guy needs this guy to survive. And so like you start to slowly understand like what's going on because you get, they, they don't speak. They, they just act as if you know what's going on as if you're a part of this world. You know what I mean? Which I always appreciate because then, I yeah, it's a little bit frustrating it. sometimes, but it's fun to figure it out. You know, yeah. when yeah. they say mother's milk and you think it's just like some kind of potion and then it's literally mother's literally milk mother's and you're milk. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the, and the blood thing is another, I think really cool storytelling uh, device. Yeah. Specifically, so... Yeah, there's a reason he needs the blood, right? Yeah. Like, like, or... So his, his story arc seems to be that he had people that he was trying to protect before. So he, like, shed his blood. He gave his blood, you know what I mean? Trying to protect them and failed. So, like, so even though he, he sacrificed his own essence like it it didn't amount to anything and so he started like wandering around alone and at that point what's the purpose of surviving then he gets taken and they do like the worst possible thing like like besides maybe like cutting off his limbs (laughs) you know what i mean like like being chained up the way that he was and being literally like having his blood taken as as though like he's literally just a, a blood bag like which is what they call him that's like the lowest you could possibly be reduced you know like not even just taking his blood and then transferring it to the other guy like straight up a line and that's it no nothing else (laughs) just straight ivy to ivy no in between and so and 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 so we've given he's he he gave in the past and he got burned and now it's being taken from him and he doesn't even have a choice which is like the lowest you could possibly get uh, and then his his character journey into regaining his autonomy, you know what I mean? Like he's he's able to get rid of the chain, get rid of the mask, get rid of like the bloodline. And now he and, and for a solid center of that movie, he's in this kind of gray place where he isn't sure whether or not he wants to go back to what he was doing before or go back to what he was doing before before. You know what I mean? Because he's done both. He's he's tried to give his blood like he's like metaphorically he's tried to do things and help and try in the past uh it like in the far past didn't work and then in the recent past he just lived for himself and nobody else and so now he's in this gray area where he could go back to either of those former versions of himself and he eventually you know like like goes down the route of hope and tries to do something again because he cares about these people that he's come to know and 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 his human spirit is indomitable. Yeah, and and so now he, <laughs> the indomitability <laughs> of the human spirit, corporate <laughs> trademark, um, and then he like starts giving his blood again, uh, in 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 the way that he acts, you know, like what he fights for and what he I does. Mean, he literally and... does at one point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he gives his blood to uh, Furiosa because he's a yeah. universal donor. So he, like so like not only Comes does he circle. save Furiosa's life, but he does so by doing what was being taken from him before, but now he's giving it freely. That's, that's another example. So like, like the brides Furiosa um, and like his whole blood related, like, I, I, I don't know. I didn't expect theme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like from, from yeah. what I, from what I knew about this movie, I wasn't expecting like straight up in my opinion, pretty literary, like 
subcontext and theme about like what it means to like like give yourself or have your like give of yourself freely be hurt for it uh have things taken from you without like your consent and then learning how to give again that's a pretty fucking mature literary story you know what i mean like and i just i just was not fucking expecting that shit it's there though yeah i don't know i don't know why we didn't uh I don't know. It just kind of flew under the radar for me that this movie was what it was. I mean, like the like the the visuals are pretty overpowering, right? Like if you're if you're not yeah, a particularly true. like literary minded person, which is fine, you don't have to be. Um, but like, I, I think that most viewers would take away like the crazy stunts and the action and the the set design and the funny way that, that they talk be, yeah. and stuff like that, which would I think make this a a pretty fun movie on its own. You know what I mean? Uh, but 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 it's but that extra dimension, that extra stuff under the hood um, is is there and it's surprising. I don't think that anybody should be condemned for missing it because it's uh, like you, you might have to have a pretty, I don't know, nuanced palette because the other like quote unquote flavors are so overpowering and maybe even obnoxious depending on what your personal preferences are. Um, but yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised throughout and this is one of my honestly as far as the movies go that we've watched for the podcast um probably in my i don't know top five it might like it might be really like, that that high bottom five yeah Mine's like, not bo- quite. like like fifth place i would say right now i would have to yeah. actually go through um yeah we need to be better about doing that yeah or or i don't know maybe like maybe it's like a quarterly update or something you know what i mean or a monthly update or something yeah yeah um but i i would i'd be interested to go through the podcast that we've watched for the movie so far and see where it stacks up because for me i think it'd be really high like even if it were like if you split this movie into two and one of them just had the storytelling elements and one of them just had the absurd character design and stunts and and uh all of that stuff. I think that those would be like uh, worthwhile movies, but to have them together in the same movie, I think is pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree. That's a special movie. I just don't know (laughs) if it's um, makes my top 10 personally based on my personal preferences in movies. You know what I mean? But it, I would, I don't think anyone could disagree that it's a special movie because it's there's not there's nothing else like it with the exception of maybe that one movie that came out this year or last year RRR people keep saying that that's uh, a similar vibe as uh, this one so it's interesting because I'm discovering that like I don't I, you, like us three uh, we we typically have a lot of overlap in the genres that we prefer I think especially with like science fiction and fantasy and things like that. Um, or at least you and me, Robert, uh, the, but specifically the, the genre that I've come into conflict with you most often is horror. Uh, and I, I end up enjoying the horror movies that we've seen, but I never enjoy them while I'm watching them, I think is, is a comment that I've made before. And I wonder if it might be reversed for action. Um, I don't know if you'll come to the same conclusion that I will, but I really like action movies. Um, I, I, I don't think that action alone is enough. Otherwise, it's just an empty wrapper, you know, um, like like it, the action has to be in service of a story. But from a technical asp- like from a technical perspective, the same way that you really appreciate the the technical nuance of horror, like in the in that how is it done? You know, uh, I really enjoy thinking about that stuff from an action standpoint, because stunt people are fucking nuts, dude. Like, And they do yeah. not get paid get enough love. for how much and like they don't get enough recognition for what they do I, I, I don't know it's um yeah i i i'm i i don't think that i'm as big an action fan as you are a horror fan um but those might be interesting not quite overlapping circles on our venn diagrams that we can yeah. explore by watching each other's movie picks you know yeah i don't know uh i don't know I've never really thought about it, but I guess I really don't like action films all that much. Like, I don't, I don't think I've never thought about it in a way that like, Oh, uh, another action movie. Ugh, you know what I mean? But I definitely don't go out of my way to watch them. And I've, I've, I have to be kind of convinced sometimes <laughs> to watch them. So yeah, I guess you're right. But, and I feel the exact same way about horror. Like I, <laughs> I like I, I, if, if I'm, if I have the remote 
You know what I mean? If I'm the one streaming to the Discord, it's it's just not what I it's not what I reach for first. Which is crazy because like the a lot of horror movies I've had way fun talking about, especially for the podcast. Like I'm thinking like Barbarian and Infinity Pool, you know. Um, but like e- even now, dude, I just <laughs> it's just <laughs> not it's not my instinct. Yeah. There is a weird amount of overlap between horror and uh, action now that I'm thinking about it, too. At the very least in the technical aspect, because cinematography is present no matter what, you know, like script writing and dialogue and acting are present no matter what. But they're like, uh, but they're like specific kind of trades, you know what I mean? Like sub trades that go into specific genres. And I think horror has got some really interesting uh, like trades, like like a heritage to it, you know, and action yeah. movies definitely do too and um my my other great love animation you know uh animation and stop motion in particular have a very interesting like parallel conversation going on with not only like how good th- how good a movie is as a movie but also like how it was animated you know is like its own discussion which i think is mm-hmm. is fun well it's funny that you should say that because uh, <laughs> that's a little bit of a of a teaser for our next episode ooh yeah, but let's uh, let's get to the poems first before we do that. Activate poem noises. Fast forward time machine. <laughs> Who wants to go first? It's rock paper scissors. Ready? Rock paper rock, scissors. Paper, shoot. Scissors. Li- Wait, how <laughs> do we know? Lizard. I was gonna say uh, lizard Spock or whatever. Rock paper scissors. Lizard cock. <laughs> All right, uh, Alec won. So, <laughs> does that mean I go first, or I don't you go choose. first? Yes, you go first. Yeah, okay, I'll go first because Becca said I have to. Blood freely given pumps harder. Eight blood types: A, B, O, negative, positive. Fuel for the body. Fuel line injection for a V8. Blood runs hot under the hood, under the skin. The engines may need to cool, but will run the breath of meaty lungs over the radiator. Run, run as fast as you can. Gentle women, start your engines. If the question is to ask who killed the world, then simply gun it and outrun it. Pedal to the metal, racing to your doom. Let the outback world of dreams lodged firmly in the back of your head. Headaches brought on by dehydration of drought. Know this, road warrior, they're going to get your blood either way. You can either give it to the brides or they'll take it. Turn it chrome. It's up to you, but your mileage may vary. Hmm. I like that. Mileage may vary. It's good shit. Thanks, bud. And now Becca goes because she made me go. Me? Alright. Come with me to the land of flowing mother's milk and honey. The green place awaits us, an oasis for us in a world killed by men. How many runaway wives does it take to make society mad? How many scars on a flawless face make it ugly and why doesn't it ever count on a man? I gather all my experiences and qualify them just to make them make sense in the changing mind of an unbeliever. I remove your muzzle and you place it on me. Your freedom for mine. Your joy for my future. My blood for my blood. Damn. Damn. Feminist snaps, dog. Snaps. All right. Hood ornaments tied my... Sorry. Hood ornaments tied to my arm with IV tubes. The only thing keeping me alive is some O negative and the hope that my brutality catches the eye of capital H him, the biggest savage of them all. Of them all. I rub my left hand across my barren scalp while my right caresses the top of a bullet, the intimate embrace of two brothers. Ooh, also good. I like the, uh, almost the free pose, almost as if it's like a, like the beginning of a novel or something like that really Mm. like committed, like point of view. You know what I mean? Like I do this. Mm. I think that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And specifically Becca, the, how many scars uh, on a face until it's no longer beautiful. Those bars. Bars, bars, and why doesn't it ever count on a man? No, I didn't like that one as much. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's a little <laughs> bit uh, reductive of the because we talked about that too, and like the fact, like how we talked about how like the ugliness on the inside is is shown on the outside. Literally, there's like the only people that like the the people in power are horribly like ugly and old and gross but like they can have power while like mm. the the beautiful people like are qualified i don't know 
you know, women are qualified. But the beautiful by their people are still like the ones that technically ever. deserve the power and end up with it in the end. You know. Yeah. Just, just interesting. Just interesting. Just interesting. You know how like Hollywood, a woman ages out at thirty. Yeah. And a man doesn't ever age out ever. <laughs> Looking at you, DiCaprio. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, goals. I'm not gonna say fun, it. Ghouls. Someone else say it though. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the go-to Robertism. The go-to. All right. Well, the movie that we are watching next is. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Is drum roll? No. <laughs> it's Akira. Oh, is it really? Hell yeah! Yes, I'm so excited. Yes. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say something compromising. Akira has been maybe in my top three movies for like the last like two or three years. So much so that the word appears in all of my passwords. So if you <laughs> want to try Uh-oh. and uh, hack my uh, Let's computer go. passwords, Let's go. you can get at least those five characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of those one of those movies that uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of cuz uh it's so or, fucking I, important for animation. Like yeah. but, like and for anime a, and for a, animation separately and distinctly, but no but equally, I don't know. It's yeah. It's fucking yeah. nuts. And Which for is cyberpunk. A, an area that I'm not very uh familiar with, so I'm excited to learn about it. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. That goes there you go. Rose from the dead in the form of poems. We love you. The music's by the great Chase, I guess. Good night. Love you, ghouls.